Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Places We'll Go show with Richie and myself. Uh, good to see you again. And this morning, we're very blessed to have Casper Lee on the show. Welcome, Casper. Thank you for having me, Mark and Richie. Very, very excited to be here. Bright and early recording time, getting me out of my jet lag and into the gym, hopefully, after this. Well, brilliant. It's brilliant to have you on. Uh, yeah, so, Casper, hugely successful um, person, but also ridiculously humble. That's my sort of in a nutshell. Uh, so for those who don't know Casper, many of you will, but maybe some don't, he's currently Chief Vision Officer and Co-Founder at Influencer. Now, Influencer, arguably the originators of Influencer Marketing, Influencer is a leading agency that combines creativity, data, and technology in the Influencer space and does some very cool things. Um, but that doesn't really tell the story. Casper's been in the content creation game and Influencer space really from the beginning. Um, he was a YouTube creator way back in 2010. Oh God, did it even exist then? But you were there right at the very beginning. Um, and it was the archetypal bedroom experimentation. We're going to hear about this. Actually in South Africa, and you obviously can tell from Casper's accent already, he's from South Africa. Uh, came to the UK and was hanging out with the likes of Zoella and Alfie Days and that generation. And became one of the biggest, including collaborating with the likes of Ed Sheeran. So amazingly successful. A lot of those, I really don't know what they're doing now. I'm sure they're doing some good things, but I don't know what they're doing. But actually, Casper quite uniquely converted all of that into a career as an entrepreneur. Uh, and that probably is your defining characteristic in truth. Um, so you, you co-founded a bunch of businesses that we'll get into, also board member of the Princess Trust. Uh, and just recently, Casper spoke uh, with his co-founder, Stuart, at um, a Marketing Academy Fellows event. And it was just brilliant to hear your story. I'd not heard it end-to-end -end until then. Uh, and so I thought it'd be great uh, for you to come onto the show and tune into our audience so they could hear your story and your learning. So welcome, Casper. Brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate that uh, illustrious introduction. Hey. Well, Mark, um, always, Mark always does them well. But there we yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you're a marketeer. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. But Casper, let me dive into the first question. So look, like, just um, at a general level, Tell me some about some of the fun things that you've been doing this month. Well, look, it's been a, f a very fun month. Um, you know, South Africa has been in the World Cup. Uh, when this comes or when you listen to this, you may or may not know if we've won the final. Uh, but I, uh, I really much, I, I very much enjoyed watching England versus South Africa because I have an English passport and I consider myself to be South African. So it was a win-win for me. But, but when I do watch England and South Africa play at something where South Africa's actually got a decent team, I probably edge towards South Africa. So rugby, South Africa, football, England. Uh, other things I enjoy doing, I shot 87 in a round of golf. So for those who play golf, that that's great for a an 18 handicapper like me. Uh, and, and then uh, talking yesterday at our company end of quarter, I, I really enjoyed getting the team together. We usually do it in like a cinema room and we bring an inspirational speaker. Um, and then, yeah, I, I put together a few game shows for the team to win prizes and all sorts. I, I just enjoyed kind of almost going back to my YouTube days, um, but within the company. So those are a few things I've enjoyed this this last month. Brilliant. And uh, we'll, we'll get into the back into the YouTube days. Um, I, I have to confess that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to the rugby as well. Um, yeah. Casper and I will both be there. Where are you supporting? Well, so it's a tricky one because I, my, one of my best mates is South African and I am like a jinx for England when they play against South Africa. Whenever I watch it with him or I go to the game with him or I go to the game. Oh no. It will always be England. Um, yeah. 
gives me a bit of a kinship. But I, I'm probably actually 50-50 neutral, so which is rare, isn't it? But in the moment, I'll obviously I'll prefer one to the other, but let's let's say neutral. But um, already what comes through for me, Casper, is like an energy and particularly just like a, a sportiness. Um, and when, when I talk to Richie, he talks about like the Indian DNA, the spirit of Indian folks. Just tell me a little bit about what you see the spirit of South Africa being. Well, yeah, one thing that comes to mind is, is definitely um, our, our love for competing. And um, and I think that comes from, from sports. I think there's a sense of um, just being a bit more chilled. Uh, it's probably the way to put it. Even though South Africans probably go through way more uh, hardship uh, than people maybe in England, I, th I feel like the way they react to that hardship um, is usually with a bit of a sense of humor when they can. Um, and and so, yeah, look, I, I grew up in South Africa. I had an incredible childhood. It wasn't always easy. It was definitely a lot easier than most people in South Africa. But um, what I did get there is is just a, a, a more relaxed uh, kind of the, the glasses half full perspective um, of the world. And uh, I think maybe that's also just a testament in growing up somewhere with a bit more space, a little bit more sun, um, being able to go outside and, and enjoying kind of the natural world a bit more. So yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be hard uh, to beat the, the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> on, on on Saturday, but uh, I think with 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 Sia Khaleesi, someone like that, where you, that story of uh, someone who grew up in the way he grew up and uh, is now leading our country and is just such a great leader, I think we have a good chance. Well, hey, well, I I have a funny feeling there's going to be a running theme through this pod, <laughs> but nevertheless, and you know, it's it's funny. I've been to South Africa loads, and by gosh, it's one of my favorite places on earth. And and, and you know, beyond the amazing scenery and and everything, it's the people. The people make it through and through. And I often I often feel like when I'm there, that um, you know, it's just there's such a friendliness and a and a real sense of wanting to get to know you as a person that just really shines through all the time. And I and I absolutely love that. And so it, it kind of. It kind of makes me wonder why people would want to come to the UK and live here. So, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot and, yeah. and ask you, like, what, what, what made you come over? And, and what are some of your reflections as a South African in the UK? Yeah, so I think for me, it, it's, it's very much, it was YouTube. Um, you know, I, I, I had about 300,000 subscribers when I, when I left South Africa. And that was already kind of you know, definitely the, the fastest growing, if not biggest YouTuber in South Africa at that point. Um, and so I felt slightly limited in, in what I could do there and, and, and especially kind of brands and, um, other creators weren't really, you know, focusing on YouTube. Um, so, so that was my reason of leaving. I think there are, there are a lot of people who, who currently do, you know, uh, leave South Africa at a, at a certain point. Um, and that's sad. And I really would love. Uh, more of us to to stay and and more of us to move back and I and I and I definitely want to you know dedicate a lot of my life to South Africa, um, but yeah I, I I moved I didn't know exactly where I was going to move um, I spent some a, f a few days in Ireland where where my where my parents are from I lived on a couch in in Los Angeles where I thought you know th this is where uh, this is where I could become a movie star. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then I realized I was looking in the mirror a bit too often uh, while in LA because I think 
I, I noticed how attractive everyone was and I was like, I'm not, I'm nowhere near that. So time to move back to London and, uh, and that's where it all happened for me. And I, I met a bunch of people, uh, including, you know, you might've heard of someone like Zoella, um, Joe Sugg, uh, and, and, and Joe and I moved in together and we built our YouTube channels up. Yeah. It's, um, so Joe beat you to, uh, to Strictly, obviously. Of so course. That uh, must be, that... He, he... go on. <laughs> He, yeah, he 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 beat me, and uh, and I don't think I'll be catching up at any point in my life. Yeah, very good. Um, now, yeah, LA, L London is the ugly people compared to LA for sure. Um, it, it, it wouldn't you. be right to have <laughs> this. Uh, <laughs> sure. it, it wouldn't be right to have this pod without understanding about the the raw experimentation of those very early days. So you exited South Africa at three hundred thousand um, viewers, and, and that is a much bigger number than you would relate to today because it was in its infancy. So it's huge. But obviously there was a curve to get there. So can you tell us a little bit about the bedroom experimentation, the the, the, the fun, the ups and the downs? So it was a lot of bedroom experimentation uh, at that time in my life. I was, yeah. I was just coming into the front. There's no devil on top. <laughs> Uh oh, where are we going? <laughs> um, but, but if we're talking about making videos, uh, oh yeah. Okay, wait, so still a bit of a anyway, I, I basically um I figured out a way to grow an audience and that was um oh I think this is a by the way, if you can hear any sound behind me, it's the first time I've been yeah. awake while they've been uh picking out the trash or, or picking up the trash. So I feel very good. Yeah, yeah. It actually it actually happens in London. I love it. Especially in Westminster. They're they're brilliant. Um and, and okay, so I, I I basically figured out this way to build a channel um, on YouTube by using other websites. And the one website I used was a website called You Now, which is basically it's like an open mic um, a website where you could go on behind other creators, and they usually drew in an audience. And I was just this random South African kid waiting behind. And as soon as they came off stage on you know the virtual stage. I uh, I would go on stage and I would say, hey, I'm Casper. I'm just like that person before. Check out my YouTube channel. And half of the people would leave straight away, but then maybe a third of them would check out my YouTube channel. And I did this for many months. Um, and, and I just timed it really well. And 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 eventually I, uh, I started reaching out to other creators. And um, I was able to, you know, this was, it took about two years to get to a thousand subscribers. Uh, but then once I, I reached out to the creators and I had that initial base, they were excited to work with me and we could just collaborate together and build up. So that was kind of my strategy. It wasn't as much about the content in the early days um, because I didn't actually know, you know, what good content was. Um, I, you know, I thought I did, but I, I made a video like, you know, what's more difficult, bathing or showering? Uh, that's not that interesting. I don't think that's going to come up in your for you page on TikTok today. Does, does it? Does that? Does that come into the uh, bedroom experimentation? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit dodgy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what. I didn't know I was on YouTube. I thought I was on something else. <laughs> hey, Casper, it's, it's incredible, and, and that's a lovely tip there. You know, just at the, the outset about how to build and galvanize an audience. Um, I've I've got to pick up on one thing though. Mark Mark said at the outset, bit of my my guilty pleasure is I'm a big Ed Sheeran fan, and I'd I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of those collabs with him and and how it sort of all happened and just give us a bit of a lowdown on that. Yeah, so it was a really interesting time where brands and 
celebrities like uh, Ed Sheeran, Kevin Hart, started noticing YouTube as a great way of uh, reaching an audience um, that they weren't reaching when they went on Graham Norton. Um, so I became like this almost talk show where a lot of, you know, those guys would actually request to go on. So Ed Sheeran, you know, he saw me make a video with Maisie Williams and he's a big Game of Thrones fan. And so it was a mixture of these people reaching out um, or their teams, you know, as part of a PR trip, knowing that I was this person who was really excited to do this. I think today it's, uh, it's a lot more common. So there there isn't that kind of unique factor. But back when I was doing it, people were so interested by that content that it would just do extremely well. Uh, so yeah, I made, made like videos where Ed Sheeran would come to my bathroom. There's a, there's a bit of a theme here. I, I don't know, it's all a bit like making videos in weird places. Um, and, and, you know, we did like this thing called what I called brain freeze, which is like an ice bath challenge, which I, back then I didn't know being in an ice bath was good for you. I thought you'd want to get out of the ice bath as quickly as possible. Um, you'd have to answer a question to get out the ice bath. So you think like that. And, uh, it was, I thought it was very interesting that, you know, these, these celebrities were noticing this platform so early on. I tell you, just gonna just gonna interject there for a second because uh, Mark is a massive ice bath fan. He, he subscribes to the Wim Hof method, so so there you go on all the health benefits that that come along with it. But just yeah, so I throw it in there. Yeah, thanks, Richie. Uh, no, um, uh, it's full now, so I, this is not an advert. But I'm going for the Wim Hof Winter Expedition in Poland in early December, which is going to be a, a week of basically freezing my nuts off. I spoke to somebody and they said. Um, what did they say? They said they won't give too much away, but don't take many clothes. <laughs> they won't be needed. There we go. Um, but so many precedents, whether that's Ed Sheeran or ice baths. Um, so I'm going to ask the question. I'm sure you've been asked a million times, and it probably let's exclude Ed Sheeran for now. But what, what's your favourite or most and or most ridiculous piece of content that you've ever done? And that's quite a lot. So yeah. So I I got to um, uh, work with Maltesers uh, and. I've always been working with brands like, like my question as a YouTuber was how can I make, you know, how can I elevate my content with them? And so I asked them if they had a bunch of like dud Maltesers I could borrow. Um, it turns out they do. They, you know, if you buy a pack of Maltesers, they're always perfect. And, and so they have a bunch that didn't quite make it through. So I, I asked if I could fill up a, a fill up a friend's car with Maltesers. Um, and we, we were able to do it almost creating like a bull pit of Maltesers, uh, in, in his car, uh, without him knowing. And then, uh, have, having him come back and being surprised that he wasn't happy. It was, his, his name's Conor Maynard, he's a musician and, you know, he actually reacted quite well. We, we even got to, you know, use, uh, pro proper like trucks to fill this up. So it was, it, it was pretty fun. <laughs> Amazing. Um. Gaspar, I'm going to ask, I mean, you know, you talk about the refinement of your videos and starting with sort of more collabs into more creative stuff. And of course, a great example. Um, I mean, where does creativity come from for you? What What's the, the magic source behind it or the inspiration? I think it's like allowing yourself to be weird and maybe not um, going through the normal channels to become a creative, if that makes sense. So... Yeah. I'm sure I could learn a lot from, um, you know, going to university or going to a creative school or listening to people. And, and that's something I do like to do. Uh, but also just being new and a novice, I think allows you to look at things differently. 
Uh, and so, you know, in the early days, that meant the videos were really bad, but I do think it gives you a new way of looking at problems and looking at content. Um, and then I, I also, I think now in today's age where maybe you can't experiment as much on social media, I think there's a lot of creativity coming from inspiration, which I don't think is bad. I think, I think if you can be inspired by someone else and translate that into a new piece of content that people enjoy, I still think that's creative, but I, I think that's a different way to how I kind of did it back in the day. It's, it's such a powerful thing you said there, Casper. Allow yourself to be weird and, and be new. Um, you say that maybe it's less relevant today, but I think if, if you flip that into just be yourself and allow your true self to come through in all content creation and, and indeed in all our lives, you know, that's a really powerful thing because today everything's so sort of constrained and squashed and optimized. Um, so I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about the flip into entrepreneurship. So as I said, you, I think relatively uniquely, you flipped from almost, you know, the springboard from one career into another and had a lot of success as an entrepreneur. What, what, what was the moment, the thinking, was it always something you had always planned? How did it happen? Yeah. So when I grew up, um, I always wanted to be, I think Richard Branson was the, the figure. Uh, and so I used to actually write him letters, um, telling him about my Tourette syndrome, actually trying to get an upgrade on, uh, on Virgin Atlantic flights by saying I'd kick the person in front of me if he didn't give me the upgrade. So it was a, uh, maybe, I, I don't know if that's why or- Just my... successful? Uh, no, you didn't. Actually, it wasn't successful through writing the letter, but once I turned up um, at the flight desk uh, and, I, and, I, and I told them, and it's not like I, was, I wasn't lying. I, I, w I did need to stretch my leg and I was like, I'm in a middle seat. I was, must've been like 14. I'm in the middle seats and I'm going to be kicking the person in front of me. And they did give me a premium economy upgrade, which to me felt like business class. I didn't know there was anything else. Um, so that, that was, that was fun, but I, yeah. And then, and then also my parents, uh, they did loads of different things. And one of the things was having a chocolate factory, uh, which, which sounds amazing, but was actually a lot of work. Um, so, so I grew up wanting to be an entrepreneur. I had like a little bookshop at the local market and so on. And I think part of that like was becoming a YouTuber. I think becoming a YouTuber is very entrepreneurial um, in, in its own right. And it actually gives you a lot of skills uh, as almost an individual contributor, being able to do loads of um, different parts of running a business. Uh, you know, for one, you have to set up a company usually when you become a YouTuber, if you, you know, if you want to do it, um, financially efficiency efficiently so so i yeah i always wanted to do that uh, and then there wasn't this one moment I, I met ben um which really helped so ben's my co-founder uh i actually met him through it's a funny story i i did a video where i was gonna go on a date with a girl on tinder and i was gonna record um not the date but i was gonna record how it went with her afterwards uh and so yeah we did that uh and we and then we recorded this video and we ended up dating um and so she then introduced me to ben who apparently wanted to reach out because he saw my face on buses in london so it's this really long long story because they were promoting youtube at the time in london and, and my face was on the bus and so we called it a tinder success story and and he uh yeah he convinced me that um uh, influencer.com would be a really interesting place uh, for me to explore my entrepreneurial spirit. And, and so I came on as co-founder 
Um, and so we launched influencer.com together. Then around the same time, Joe Sugg and I, uh, who I mentioned earlier, who's also a YouTuber, uh, we, we left our management and launched our own management company with WME, uh, called MVE. It was called Margravine at the time. Um, but it's now MVE. And, and so I did those two things at, at a very similar period. And, um, I didn't leave YouTube that day. Uh, but I started to see my um, myself more and more interested in helping other creators with the management stuff, and then working with creators at scale and and brands uh, with with influencer. And uh, it felt like the perfect way to translate my skills into something that I felt would help me long term. That so sounds fabulous, Casper. What a what a lovely journey there, and and an and embroiling moment in time when you converted and moved on. Um. Tell me a little bit more about the companies and, um, you know, more about how you would engage with brands and how would you work with influencers, um, you know, with that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk more about influencer.com because MVE is just pure 360 management, which I think most people understand. Um, so, so influencer.com, we, we, we connect brands and creators. Uh, and so uh, there are a lot of, uh, amazing brands out there who want to work with influencers because they understand now that people-led social is is just where it's at. So we we help them do that, and and a lot of the brands we work with want to work with tens of creators, hundreds of creators, even thousands of creators at a time, and to contract, engage, pay, also know which creators to work with translate the creative idea that you have for your campaign to each one so that it works and that the algorithm isn't just going to make it not a thumb stopping piece of content and and all of that sort of stuff is is where we come in and so it's a mixture of our people and our platform um that allow us to do this at scale and we yeah we work with uh, a lot of blue chip clients that you would have heard of you know tourism boards uh and and and, and we've you've created tens tens of thousands of pieces pieces of content um hopefully stuff that you you don't try and avoid when you uh, are searching and clicking around social um i'm just going to do a little uh, confession to faux pas i think i called ben stew back in the intro but anyway apologies ben um but, so, so, <laughs> how did i do that anyway so um so this i mean this like influencer marketing is the hot ticket right now you know, it's expanding rapidly and you're helping brands to navigate through. Um, how, how does it feel that you're now, you know, like quite serious, I suppose, as opposed to allowing, you, you don't have a chance, maybe as much an outlet for your creativity and the chance to be weird and to be new. So do, do you miss anything from those, that previous chapter? I miss the instant gratification of creating and uploading and people reacting and so i still do a bit of that um but in ter in terms of yeah influence it what i like about it is is when things are difficult you have a team um and and so i didn't really build that for myself on youtube and maybe that's a regret i have because i think you, you can you can see it like a business as i said earlier it is a business a lot of people are doing that. And I think it helps when it comes to pressure, when it comes to burnout. Um, and you just have to be so consistent these days when it, when you're doing social. So you have to treat it, be it you being a YouTuber or a brand, you, you have to properly strategize and build a team around it. 
Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I mean, influencers, you know, we've got well over 100 people now working across, you know, London, the US, uh, Mia, and, and, and I just, I love being able to try and bring some of that weirdness from YouTube into our culture um, and not become a boring um, kind of uh, growth company. Casper, you know, um, so you talk about the instant gratification aspect of of being a creator, um, and mixed in with that, you know, I, I think being a creator today must be as much a science as it is an art, given the level of data that you know probably you're playing with, the level of algorithm that you're probably trying to get through, um, and and to some extent, there has been a lot of talk in the press recently about burnout of creators. You know, just the stress points that actually happen. You know, daily creation the need to constantly fuel your audiences and the like. So I want to get a sense from you on perhaps how, if if someone was thinking about being a creator or seeing it as a glamorous career and, and space and place, what perhaps are some of the, um, almost the downsides or the, or the ways to mitigate against that mental health aspect of things and the extent to which you think, um, you know, creators can actually be successful or new creators can be successful today given the level of algorithm that plays into the mix and things like that. Yeah, I, I think being a creator is one of the most sought after jobs in the world. I think young people want to become creators and I completely understand why um, the top creators are earning a lot of money. Um, they're meeting loads of cool people. They're being invited to the most amazing events. Um, so I get that, but at the same time, stuff maybe to highlight uh, is how tr kind of transparent their success is. Um, and in life also how, you know, when you hit a certain level, how you want to stay there or continue to grow. And, you know, when everyone can see exactly how you're doing at all times, every single time you upload, I think that adds a lot of pressure um to people who are constantly comparing themselves to others constantly competing because of the amount of people trying to do it um and at the same time it's not necessarily the science or this art where you can constantly win no matter how creative you are or scientific you are um sometimes it's just sometimes the algorithm just for some reason or people just don't react in the way you think they're going to react and i don't think you can put it into a bottle every single time um, and so, yeah, I, I think about it a lot. I think about how some creators last 20 years or, or will last 20 years um, and how some creators last like three years or even less. Uh, and so I do think if you, you know, become a creator and you only become a creator for three years and you do it quite successfully, I don't think that means you're not going to have a life afterwards because, because there's so many other forms of marketing, especially now that need that skill or other creators who would love to hire you uh, there's actually one of the really interesting things is like the amount of creators trying to find editors at the moment to understand how to create content for youtube and these editors are in extreme demand and doing extremely well and then you even have consultants and all sorts of weird and wonderful work that comes off the back of it so yeah i would just say mentally it's it's draining but there's a lot of reward um and uh, yeah, it's gonna, you know, as I said at the end there, I do think ultimately, if you're even a creator for a little bit, you'll learn so many skills that you can translate into other forms. So it's a great career to go after. 
yeah, and it's still incredibly sought after amongst the younger generation. So um, let's talk a bit about leadership culture. You're leading a successful, growing business. Um, so you're having to play that leadership role day in, day out. Who, who is Casper as, as a leader and what's the culture you're trying to create at Influencer? Yeah, so, you know, the the, the culture we're, we're trying to create is that people are happy to be there, I suppose, if I'm going to put it into a bottle that, that feel like they're doing something good. Um, I think, you know, when when you think of influencer marketing, it might not sound like, what, what how much good can you do? You're just doing ads um, and you're just selling stuff on social media. But for me, a big part of it is we're helping thousands or tens of thousands of creators have more choice of who they want to work with and align themselves with people who share their own values. And I think that's quite great. And I think we're also hopefully getting their audiences not to watch adverts, but to feel like they're watching really interesting pieces of content and learning about brands that the person they follow actually values rather than just random ones that they're throwing in. So I do think we're, we're doing some good there. We also, you know, we're now, I think the first influencer marketing company to get B Corp or at least one of the first. So we are trying our best to build something that people actually feel like uh, there's a purpose beyond the adverts. Uh, in terms of me as a, as a leader, um, I, yeah, I don't actually think about this very often in, in terms of like my leadership style or whatever. I, I, I probably just try and get on with people as much as possible while also um, being firm and, and being honest and not saying, look, oh, we're, we're family. I, I think when, uh, you know, founders try and build that family vibe, I think it's a bit creepy at work because, you know, you don't pay your family members to come in every day and uh, you don't, you don't, um, you know, let your family members go. You're kind of stuck with them for life. So it's more of like, uh, you know, a high performing team that we're trying to build. And, and I suppose I feel like I have to get stuck in and, and, you know, actually do stuff myself, uh, which, which I hope then translates to me being a good leader rather than just, you know, telling people what to do. Well, Casper, the one thing is for sure, right? You've been there and done it. And so from that perspective, I'm sure, you know, many people in your team are really inspired by that that ability to kind of do what you've are now, you know, doing as a business, which is which is absolutely fab. Casper, we're coming to the end of this segment and it's it's been wonderful. But maybe my our last question here today is I mean, you've done so much already, right? And had such a great level of success that you'd almost filled a lifetime worth of that and, and done many things that people have only aspire to do. Um so what would you sort of what would you say is still left on the cards? What would you say is when you look forward, things that you still hope that you'd be able to achieve in your career? Uh, I'd love uh, South Africa to win the Rugby World Cup, uh, two 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 World Cups running. So that would be a big thing in my career because as a South African, I would have felt like I was on that pitch. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but but in terms of in terms of my you know my own career I I I don't know I I'm not really one of those people who has like ten things on my bathroom um, mirror I I, do, I I think I just like to do things every single day little things that are going to continue to to help um, you know long long term vision for what we are doing in influencer is probably to help creators become uh, the center of marketing or become so that's not just them um, doing social media ads, but I believe 
all marketing needs more of a people first approach. Uh, and especially as we move into this world of AI, you know, real people. And I think creators are a great authentic definition of that. Um, so yeah, if, if, if we can make that happen at an even bigger scale, I think that would be awesome. Well, hey, that's, that's wonderful that Casper. Thank you so much. And look, I mean, I think it's just left to say a massive thank you for coming on this, this winter, well, it's winter, cloudy morning, whatever it might be. Um, but it's just been an absolute pleasure. I, I, it's, it's up to me to kind of just say a few, try and summarize some of the key things that you've put down here for, for our audience. And I think it's best summarized by beds, bathrooms, and rugby, um, which is the three words probably of the of the segment. But let me try and go a little bit deeper here. I mean, we talked about South Africa, and, and it and completely uh, it comes across that you're a um, a real advocate of the country, and and rightly so. But I think characteristically, you know, competitive, with a sense of being chilled and humorous, um, a sense of lightheartedness. Um, I also think that you know you kind of embody that in many which many which ways um, as well, which is great. It's it's insane to think you know the fastest YouTuber, um, the fastest growing YouTuber in South Africa, and then of course coming over to the UK in order to kind of expand extend your career and what what a career in that space you've had. Um, bedroom experimentation in in more ways than one clearly, um, as well through that process. Um, some great tips as well, you know, you, um, you now and um, that, you know, getting onto that YouTube channel um, and, and ways in which people looking to forge that career can also emulate in that sense. Um, interesting to hear that at the outset, you were thinking about it more strategically than you were content, of course, dabbling in content, but you had a much more strategic thought um, around getting in the right places and actually mixing with the right people, which then led, led to the more sort of, you know, the, the spiraling of it all the snowball effect, and of course, as you are practicing your craft. Um, you know, some great examples of the Maltesers and Ed Sheeran, um, and then around creativity, you know, allowing yourself to be weird. I, I love that, and, and I think it comes with your sense of not being able to take yourself too seriously, which has allowed you to kind of, um, you know, uh, bring that out, basically. Um, key fan of Richard Branson. Richard, if you're listening in, Sir Richard, um, you know, you might have a stack of letters somewhere. Um, from Casper, so so do open those up. Um, great uh, flip into entrepreneurship as well. Um, Influencer.com, um, you know, tens of creators and and actually an expanding place for for both bra big brands and creators um, to find connection and homes. And and Casper, I'm sure you're going to lead the way in in all of that. The you know you're thinking around and you're tempering the enthusiasm. You know, thinking about the transparency. Um, and the the pressure that comes with being a creator is also something that I think you know temper the enthusiasm sometimes, and I think that's the other the other side of the glamour that we see on screen and on YouTube. Um, and then just the final point, you know, around leadership, and and also kind of mixed into that your own aspirations and visions for the future. You know, just happy to be here. You're a B Corp guy, I and mean, that strong sense of values um, that you're trying to embody in the in the organization. Um, and it's all about, you know, getting on with people. I love that when you think about it, just being very human. Um, and as well, that's that seems very much at the center of your vision for the organization to actually create creators to become the center of marketing in a more humanized way. And of course, let's hope South Africa wins for the second time. So there you go, Casper. An absolute pleasure having you on this morning. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Richie. Thank you, Mark. Thank you.